Hey, hey bud. Look at that. Look at that. On. Let's get us let's get us oh, all on the same size. Timmy, hey, what's going on, buddy? Look at the PR department on this new logo for right the there. summer. The summer stubby. This is uh, episode number 10 officially, but this is a uh, summer stubby where we just do quick little hits visiting throughout the summer. Uh Timmy, good to have you back kicking. How's uh, how's life? I'm doing good, Cloudy. I'm back in business now, buddy. We had a little rough, rough patch there now, buddy, but we're <laughs> we're back in business here, Cloudy. All right. Summer Stubby number two. It is episode number 10 officially of our eighth season of the podcast. We've been trying to get this guy on here for a while, and we are so pumped to finally make this happen. Um, this is a big deal. This guy not only fits our bill with, you know, being in the, the, the beer world, but being a cool guy to talk to. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, fresh off a performance this past weekend at Boots and Hearts, David Boy James. What's going oh, on, buddy? Well, what's going on, boys? How you doing? Very good, man. Very good. This is uh, David Boy James here. I'm going to I'm gonna do a little jig in here. Just deal with me. But uh, Dave, I don't want you to see my giant head. Dave, uh, just fresh off a performance this weekend at, uh, at Boots and Hearts, one of the biggest country music concerts uh not just in, in canada but like in north america this is a this is a big freaking deal and you you've done this a couple times right um i've played boots and arts uh 2019 2021 and 2022 this year so three three times in the last uh in the last few years so i'm very very grateful for the ongoing support from those guys that's awesome and we want to get to that we want to talk about your country music career obviously but uh we always start off our episodes with a three beer pod with a segment we call what you drinking bud where we show up the beer that we're drinking and i don't know Dave, are you drinking with us here today i know it's uh midweek i mean all. i mean if uh, you don't, i mean you if you don't got oh <laughs> There's wow. our three beers right there, boys. That looks good. Wow, look at that. You guys, you guys came prepared. Oh, we don't mess around, dude. We don't <laughs> mess around. That's great. So, so this episode here, let me stand brought to you by our friends at Red Barn. Yeah, I should point out the Red Barn, guys. I got look at that. Great shirt. Great I shirt. shirt I got a stain on it, guys. Let's get a new shirt over here already, Red Barn. What'd you do? <laughs> I I get messing around with bleach, so I don't oh, talk man. about it. <laughs> But Dave, so Dave, we you got on our radar when our friend Denny and Sandy and uh, the gang over at Red Barn came out with this new beer, and Denny goes, "Yeah, David Boy Jane's helped," and we're like, "Cool." And I didn't ring a bell right away, and then he said, "No, he's a country music guy." And we're like, "What?" So we looked it up, and we're like, "No shit, how did this happen?" So how did you get involved with Red Barn Brewing Company in Blenheim, Ontario, and spit this beer out? Um. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I really do appreciate you reaching out, and uh, it means a lot to have the support, so thank you for that. Um, uh, I, I, I'm always surfing the internet looking for opportunities. I'm looking for ways to just get out there to, to um, you know, promote my music and, and just promote having a good time. And a good buddy of mine, Aaron Allen, from out that way, yeah. uh, was doing a show at the Red Barn, and uh, he posted this really cool picture of it. And, uh, and I just thought, wow, this place is really beautiful. And uh, I'm not much of a shirt tugger, but, you know, I had to reach out to them and say, guys, like, I would love to play here. You know, let's set it up, check out my music. And if you're into it, I'd love to figure something out. And so Denny and I just really hit it off quick. And it was funny because the first time I met him, I drove up. It was the wintertime because I wanted to kind of see the venue and, you know, see if it would be a good yeah. fit. And uh, him and I just really hit it off. And he said, he's like, are you hungry? Do you want lunch? And I thought, yeah. And he goes, well, there's this place called Mike's Place. 
in Chatham that has nice. like, the greatest Panzerottis around. Yeah, and let's go check it out. And so we did that. And while this was happening, we get there and the bartender said, um, you know, do you guys want a, a couple of Red Barn brews or and uh, and I hadn't tried his beer yet. And, and I remember before I took the first sip, I thought, I really hope this is a good beer because I really <laughs> like the guy. Yeah. And if his beer sucks, this is going to be really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> and and I'm not I'm not really a craft beer drinker. I'm 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 a Bud Light, Coors Light, Coors Banquet, you know, Lake Water beer kind of dude. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I tried his beer and I loved it. And we just kind of started chatting about beer from that moment forward. And he very casually said, um, you should you should do a beer. And uh, and I just said to him, I said, well, it's funny you say that because I came up with the concept of backcountry um about three years ago uh before the pandemic hit and i was approached by uh another brewery i won't say who they are uh but they're they're a pretty big name and they suggested that uh, i put my my logo my design over top of a beer they had already created um and call it mine and i said no i'm definitely not going to do that because that's lying to your fans and uh, to me, it wasn't about making a gimmick beer. You know, it was about creating a brand and creating a beer that will be here five, six years from now, 10 years from now. That was the vision. Um, so I turned down that opportunity and meeting Denny and Sandy and the Steve, the brewmaster there, and just the whole family. I just thought if I was ever going to make a beer, whether it was successful or not, this is this is the group of people I want to do it with because yeah. it's it's being made honestly. It's being made, um, you know, with care. I mean, all, all these, all these, you know, uh, labels are, are done by hand. Um, you know, so it had, a, it had a really cool, special vibe to it. Um, and, and it just made sense. And, and we just kind of ran with it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm really proud of it. So it's, it's, it's amazing what is, my, my whole mantra in life is thoughts become things, right? And, and, and one, one of the things I love on the can is it actually says that it says thoughts become things right at the bottom and awesome. uh right it by does the do. for your shotgun that's where you're supposed to shotgun it's a shotgun hole. oh look at that and, i never noticed and, that yeah you missed the so opportunity thought, there cloudy so the, the the thoughts become things is is just you know this beer is just another example to my supporters and fans that anything in life is is possible you got to really want it and work for it and find good people to surround yourself to make it become uh, a thing. So in, in short, that's kind of the Coles notes of, of how that beer came together. Wow. That, that's awesome. And we got you on here as a country music star, but I got to circle back to the beer for a second. Cause that, that's my, <laughs> that's my first love. How do you go and develop a recipe then? So you're like, I want this to be my beer. How do you, a guy that drinks Coors Light, go to a guy like steve or dan or denny and go hey this is what i want because they're not this isn't coors light this is this is this is a very crushable drinkable beer but it's not coors light so how do you no. make this beer then so so we we kind of sat down and um and kind of chatted you know just getting to know each other and and he's you know trying to introduce me to the beer market and there, there's a lot to learn there's a lot to to see and do and and i said to him i said boys i'm gonna be honest with you I don't know the first thing about creating a beer. Um, what I do know is, you know, uh, I want to create something that is in the similar market as Bud Light and Coors Light, like a crushable summer beer, but I want to give it more flavor. 
because one of the things that a lot of people always tease me about when I say I drink Coors Light or, or Bud Light is, you know, oh, that's lake water beer. That's watered down <laughs> beer. And and uh, and I mean, hey, listen, you like what you like, right? Like what you like, yeah. You like what you like. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to hate on anybody's taste. But for me, um, I wanted to create something that was crushable and light like that. Still a 4.7, um, you know, in, in and around in and around that 4.7 mark. Uh, so it's not a super light beer. Um, and, and just add some flavor. And we literally sat down with, I think, like 40 different beers from across nice. the market. Wow. Excuse me. Yeah, 40 different beers across the market, and we poured shots um, of every single beer. And But how we did it is we sampled all the beers, and then we put them in piles of what we liked, like whether it was color, uh, taste, smell, we tried it warm. We tried it cold. We tried it in a can, out of the can, and we created a, a sheet. Um, actually, I don't even know if I have it here on my desk, but we created this this sheet that showed uh, scores, and it was kind of wow. funny because they were they were scoring the beers as like professional, you know, brewers, and I'm scoring yeah. it, you know, <laughs> as just some some dude that's thirsty, you know. So. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because as I was tasting it, I was telling Steve, the brewmaster, I said, oh, man, I'm really tasting some kind of, you know, uh, it, it was almost like wine. it was funny. You got like four dudes sitting at a table, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I can really taste the the citrus in this one. You know, <laughs> it was it was it. it was funny, but but we were able to narrow down, you know, the what we were kind of going for and have a bit of an idea um by you know trying other other beers both you know international beers um domestic beers you know popular and unpopular just to try to get an understanding of of what it is we were getting into because for me i really wanted the fans and my supporters to know this is more than just a beer with my logo on it you know i really wanted to have my hands on it and and i i was even part of uh um, the labeling. So I went there with oh. some of my family and we all sat in the brewery together and we labeled and ate popcorn. Right. And yeah, man, it was like, you know, awesome. all, all that, all that kind of shit's really important to me, you know, because That's it's awesome. like, it, it's, it's something, if I'm going to put my name on something, if I'm going to put my, my, my reputation on something, I really want to be involved, you know, not just uh, something, not, not just a quick gimmicky thing. So I, I really tried to get my hands in as much as I could and learn. And, and I'm really proud of it. It should be so. I I've been holding on to these cans because we we we've tried to match up a couple times. We've just missed each other with just trying to line up schedules, but finally getting on. So this is my first taste of it. What happens, Dave, when we we have a guest on or we we do our segment called "What You Drinking, Bud"? We taste it and then we we you know we we comment on it. I'm ready to call this one, Tim, a oh, crushable, crushable beer. Yeah, this is I'll crushable. This is crushable. Yeah, let's this is go. Going. I love it, man. This is a perfect post slow pitch game beer to me we can sit in the parking lot and crush a couple of these guys i love it i love that yeah i love the feel of it it's good i love the story i you know we talked to danny a little bit about it but to hear the whole story that that's awesome and for how much you you say danny and those guys are awesome we know that we we know that those guys are awesome we've been big fans of red barn we love the building we love the beer we love the family we love the story and uh, it's glad to see someone else jumping on board with them too, and making this pretty awesome beer. So I, I you know, meeting him, no, no lie, meeting him and his family. I, you know, you don't get to meet people like that, and it's very rare these days. And uh, um, they're just such amazing human beings. And uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I, I couldn't be prouder to put 
put something together with 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 people like that. They're they're amazing. So I'm so really grateful. They're they're authentic people, and and I think that kind of is a neat tie-in because David, we don't have a long history, but we've had what about twelve minutes here? But you're an authentic person, and oh, certainly thanks, listening and following you on social media and, and and starting to listen to your music. I'm not gonna lie, not a big country music guy. I, I like what I like. And some of it's country, some of it's this. It's all over the spectrum. But uh, Timmy and I went on a uh, road trip a couple weeks back, and we were we were pumping it up. We we're like, okay, we we're gonna have him on. Let's listen listen to him. And we we're like, this is good stuff. Like I can see where you can get into it. So if you got your nose up to country music or or whatever, give Dave a chance here and have a, have a listen to it. DavidBoyJanes.com uh, is is the website. All right, so. Your, your career as a country music guy, let's, let's kind of want, you're going to be a brewmaster now, but let's go back to when you were a country music star. Okay. Um, so the story, the, the joke is, yeah, my, my pickup truck and my girlfriend and they drove away and the dog, your, your story kind of begins there. A woman left you and then you were like, okay, let's give this a shot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when I first started making country music and got out on the radio and started doing interviews and stuff, I took a lot of heat for, you know, how does a, how does a country music artist bloom from the city of Toronto? Um, and I used to, and I would tell all those interviewers that, you know, we don't really necessarily, we don't get to pick where we're born. We also don't get to pick our parents, but I was fortunate enough to have two great parents that raised me in a big, crazy city, but kept my roots in the ground. And my whole family's from the East Coast. And so I grew up with country music being in my family and in my blood my entire life. Um, and, you know, I think for me, it's just country music is what I feel. You know, um, I, I love all different kinds of music. You know, uh, as long as I can understand what they're singing about as a writer myself, that's yeah. what I really appreciate the most. Um, you know, uh, I'll listen to anything, you know. And I think um, people... People need to not be afraid of what others are going to think about their musical tastes, their fashion choices, whatever it is that makes you happy, man. We get one crack at this life and and you really got to spend your time doing whatever makes you happy. And up until the point of where Sarah and I were together, you know, uh, I was living in, in the concrete jungle chasing the nine to five corporate dream. And uh, my priorities were definitely not where they needed to be because I was focusing on all the wrong things. And so... Um, I was 33 when Sarah and I broke up and I remember very, um, very clearly after she had left, uh, it was, it was such a, it was, it just happened so quick. It's like she had it all figured out what she was going to do. And, and when she left, it was within 12 hours, she was gone. And I was sitting in this condo and as any, you know, 33 year old or middle-aged dude is sitting there thinking, man, I got a good job. I got a beautiful place. I got nice things. I got a good family. I work hard. You know, uh, what else do you like? What else do you need to make someone happy? And and this girl walked away from all of that. Um, then it kind of it kind of hits you in the pride, and it kind of makes you feel yeah. like, well, shit. Like maybe it's me, you know. And yeah. and and then you start to realize it's not you, and it's not her. It's just you were never meant to be together to begin with. And you just didn't realize that because you were in a different space and a different headspace. And, and so it allowed me to kind of take a step back from everything that I had thought was considered successful um, to realize that I wasn't successful at all. I just had a bunch of cool shit in a nice apartment, <laughs> you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, this isn't where I belong. You know, I was in the wrong place. And so 
um, I sat down and as cheesy as it sounds, I just kind of thought, what makes me happy? What used to make me happy? Well, you know, I miss going to the trailer. I miss playing horseshoes. I miss playing darts. I miss going fishing. I miss hanging out with my buddies. I miss having campfires. I, and then I started to think like, wow, I haven't done any of those things in the last three years that I was with this girl. And that's not necessarily her fault. You know, it's my fault for allowing my passions to kind of slip away. Um, and so I just decided going through heartbreak because I was devastated. I'm like, well, I'm just going to start doing all those things again. And and one of those things was go to karaoke to kind of take my mind off the relationship after work because I was coming home to an empty apartment. Um, you know, so I started going out to karaoke and singing and, and people would come up to me and they were like, dude, like, love your voice. Like, are you in a band? Or and I was like, no, no, I'm not going down that road again. I did that when I was a kid. And, you know, it's it's too much. It's too much BS and trying to get a bunch of guys to focus on something and you know, but it kept happening and happening and happening. And then I finally thought, I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe it's the time I'm not married. I don't have kids, you know? Um, and, uh, but in order to do that, I ha I'm going to have to walk away from my career. I've spent 11 years building. Um, I'm going to have to move out of my condo, move back into my parents' place, which is, I'm in my old bedroom right now. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to, to eliminate all the overhead and all the expenses and stuff I'm going to have to do. Cause I had no idea getting into the music business, like what, what the next step was. Um, but I went to this singing competition really in and around that time. And I met a guy named Rick Barker, who was the former manager for Taylor Swift. And, uh, he was a judge on this singing contest that I was on. And I made it to the top 10 in Canada. And he told me, uh, he said, what do you do for work? And I said, well, I sell furnaces and air conditioners and water heaters. And uh, he said, why? <laughs> he said, I'm like, well, it's good money. And he says, are you happy? And I said, no. I said, that's why I'm here. And he said, well, I think you should start selling that voice of yours because I think you have, you, you have a career in music if you really want it. And uh, I mean, I'm 33, right? So it's kind of like, I appreciate the compliment, but at the same time, I come from a, a time when, you know, girls were getting picked up at the shopping mall by, by talent agents telling them they're going to yeah. be the Cindy Crawford, you know? So it, it, it I, the stars and the eyes are those, those days are gone for me, but I thought, why would this guy give me that compliment unless he really meant it? He didn't sound yeah. like someone that handed out compliments. So tell me you um, went into you went into the furnace place and you you did a Johnny paycheck and you sang take this job and shove it yeah tell I sure me did. you did that I, I sure did I well here, this is a funny story <laughs> so awesome. so in this is a funny story actually so so my boss was a total asshole and um, so are, yeah. you know he, he was he was a total dipshit and and um, he didn't appreciate any of us and and I worked hard and, and yeah. you know but Anyway, I walked in the office and uh, I sat down and I said I wanted to talk to him. And the first thing he said to me, because he knew I started, I was singing, like he knew, <laughs> he knew that I was doing karaoke and stuff yeah. just from like conversation. And, and the first thing he said to me, he goes, he goes, Dave, he says, every time I see you, man, you're starting to look more and more like a country singer and not a sales guy. And, uh, and I said, well, that's really, that's a perfect segue because I'm <laughs> actually here to tell you that, um, you know, I'm giving you 30 days and I'm out of here. You know, I'm not oh, I, normally it's two weeks, but I'm going to give you 30 days just out of respect because I've been here a long time. And, um, you know, and I said, I just don't want to do this anymore. And, and he just, you know, it was all about money. Right. It's just like yeah. you're going to leave this amount of money on the table. And I said, yeah, I am, because, you know, I didn't say this to him. But at the end of the day, I just didn't want to end up like he did, you know, with 
Wow. He had he had lots of money, but he was unhappy as shit. So, yeah. um, you know, I I I don't know. Uh, it, it's a weird thing, you know. Jim Carrey did a speech uh, years back, and he said, "I wish everybody would experience fame and fortune to realize it's not what you think it is." You know, and and so for me, from the age of twenty one, um, all the way up until you know thirty three, um, I had a six figure income, and I was miserable. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it, it just, you know, and now I'm rubbing pennies together to stay alive in the music business, but I'm happy as a pig and shit. So, I mean, you know, uh, it, it really just changes you, you know, and, and it was hard to walk away from it because I was used to certain things. I was used to having a bathtub I could fit in, you know, and <laughs> and now and now at my parents' place, you know, we're not living in nothing fancy here, man. This is just a norm, normal little apartment that doesn't even have air conditioning you know and and the bathtub i i I can barely get my leg into it so um you know but it's all about the bigger picture right and it's all about just trying to push for something and i think really for me when that whole thing happened with sarah it was a huge kick to the nuts you know i couldn't believe like i couldn't believe it happened i didn't do anything to to deserve it it's just i was a stepping stone in her life and and that's all it was and um you know, but you bounce back and, and, and you, you know, I put out some music and started to kind of get some attention and, and it kind of made me think like, well, shit, maybe I got a shot, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. I have a chance at actually doing something here. And, um, and so I'm working towards that bigger bathtub every day. <laughs> I love it. Uh, David Boyd Jane's our guest here, fresh off a, a weekend show at uh, Boots and Hearts. There's backcountry lager from our friends over at Red Barn. We love talking to you here, Dave. This is awesome. Uh, Tim, did you have something there? I thought you were right. No, to ask I, I was just going to talk about uh, Boots and Hearts. So you go from singing karaoke uh, <laughs> to now you're on the stage at you know one of the biggest country music festivals in North America, if not the world. What is that experience like? What's the is it the same feeling that you got when you were singing karaoke, or or things feel you know a little what? bit different uh, when you when you step on the stage, boots and hearts? Honestly, brother, from the bottom of my heart, it is the same feeling, and it's the same feeling, just with a lot more people <laughs> and cameras and jumbotrons and all kinds of cool shit, and and you know it is the same feeling because for me, once I realized that music is what I really needed. Like once, once that kind of really came to fruition, it didn't matter where I played. And, and you can ask anybody that has ever seen my show, or any of my shows, acoustic or full band, I don't care if there's one person in the crowd or there's 20,000 people in the crowd. I put on a show like I'm at Madison Square Garden every single time because I love to perform and I love to entertain. That is my biggest passion. And for me... When I go out there, every single show, I find a spot in the show to say to the crowd, you know, I used to be a, a I used to sell furnaces five years ago. <laughs> I do every show. I don't care. I don't care how big or small it is. I say I used to sell furnaces five years ago, and you know anything is possible. You you can you can achieve anything in your life if you want to really go out there and get it. And I think too many people get a platform, um, you know, and they go out there trying to be this big hot shot, whatever. And, and you got to use that platform to encourage the public, to encourage other people to chase their dreams. And, and my, one of my favorite parts of every show is that moment where I, I, I get to imagine that someone is out there in the crowd 
and they're they're thinking about getting into music or they're thinking about becoming uh, a chef or a school bus driver or a teacher or something and and they hear they look at me and they go look at this guy you know he 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 did it he went out and did it and knew nobody and just trusted in his work and trusted in his his work ethic and and here he is and shit if he can do it so can i and and i think that is the most important thing um and and you you can't lose that because once you lose that it's over um and 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 i i make that announcement every single show i find a spot in the show to tell people awesome. you know go out and do it and it's funny on my social media uh, i just posted it actually a few days ago i don't know if it's handy here but uh i posted a picture and i said uh oh, i can't seem to find it i posted a picture and i said you know uh, it was a picture of me in my uh in my uniform um uh in my uh you know my old uh clothes or whatever from from doing hvac and uh seeing trying to find it on the side i can't find yeah, it i'm doing this i'm doing the same thing i don't see it here. um Hang on, I'll get it. I'll get it while I'm talking. I'll try and look and talk at the same time. And uh, and I posted this picture for people to see me in my uniform when I used to sell furnaces. And uh, and I posted it just to say, like, you know, that there, there's nothing cool about this picture. You know, <laughs> there, there's nothing sexy about me with 900 pens in my pocket, a jubilee of pens. You know, but 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 it's the reality, right? It's the reality of of like here it is. Look at this. Here it is. Can you see that? I don't know if it'll. Oh, there. It'll... Yeah, I can see it. We can see it. Look at that oh, guy. Yeah. yeah. I'd buy a furnace off that guy. Look at those pens, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Every color of the rainbow. Right. Hey, get shit done. I, I've, got, I've got a merch idea for you. Listen to this. So you got your shirts, you got your hats hanging out, boots and hearts. People are like, I want to get a piece of David Boy James. And then also in the merch tent, a high efficiency air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, it. And then, like, think of the commissions you could get off of that, man. <laughs> I love it. It was like, it was so funny. And, and you know, um, it's funny. In the last five years, it doesn't happen often. But in the last five years, I've had old customers call me because I still have the same number. And huh. uh, and they're like, hey, man, I just need a quote for an air filter. <laughs> and, uh, and I told them, I said, well, um, you know, I don't do that anymore. Um, but you know, here, here's who I think you should call. <laughs> but, nice. Uh, and then, you yeah, gave, then you gave him Sarah's number. That's <laughs> what you said. <laughs> Just you tell know, her who sent hey, you. Listen, I, I, I want to tell you, I'll tell you really, can I tell a really short story? Yeah, you story? got time, man. We're nothing but time. Okay. Really short story. So while all this was going on, Sarah didn't like country music. She hated country music. And, um, and, uh, anyway, I was in the bathroom one day. And I was singing on this karaoke app that I had. Um, and I, I did this cover of this song. And I came out in the living room to show it to her. And uh, I said, hey, I want to show you something that I did. And she said, okay. And I said, you got to put the headphones in. She's like, oh, is it the song you were singing? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, I could hear it through the wall. And, and I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, I could hear you singing it through the wall. She's like, I don't need to hear it. I heard it. It sounded great. Good for you. You know, it's good. Good for you. And I said, no, no. I said, it's a karaoke app on, a, on my phone. And, uh, like, listen, put the headphones in. You can actually hear the music with the, you know, the, 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 the song and whatever. Um, oh, did I lose you guys? No, you're no, still there, buddy. You're still oh. here. You're still here. Okay. We're still here. Um, anyway, long story short, she, 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 she wasn't interested, you know? And, 
And I, and I always tell this story because after that happened, I kind of went for a walk on my own and I had this moment of like, you know, am, am I just, am I in, am I out in the rhubarb here? Am I just like right. daydreaming, you know, should I really just stop pursuing this and, and just focus on work? And cause she told me that day, she goes, you know, I, I, I are you serious about this music thing? Is this really something you want to do? Like, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, I thought, I thought you, you had a career in, in, in sales and HVAC and now you want to be a country singer. And, and, and I tried to explain it to her. It's not, I want to be a country singer. It's, this is my purpose. My purpose is to entertain. My purpose is right. to, to be out there and, and spread a message. And I always think about that day because there's a lot of people out there. Think of it like a child, right? Think of it like, think of it like a child goes to their parent or their teacher right. and yeah. says, Hey, look at what I created. Check, check out this painting <laughs> I did. Right. And then the parent is too busy, you know, what doing whatever. And they just kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. As, as it's crazy to think that something that simple could actually derail someone from their oh, true sorry. passion. Yeah. Like, wow. you know, and, and I was old enough and smart enough to, to, and lucky enough, that this girl actually left me and allowed me enough time to be with myself to, to come to fruition with, no, she's wrong. This is what I need to do. And, 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 and the next piece of what I want to say, it's really important that the listeners know I'm not saying this with an ego or with any sort of look at me, but I've had three number ones on Sirius XM. I've had three number ones on Sirius XM. And had I listened to that silly clown, I would have never been able to say that. So the next time someone doesn't necessarily believe in your passion or your vision, it's so important for mental health and for people to understand it's not because you are not able to achieve whatever it is that you're talking about. It's because that person that you're telling doesn't think it's possible for them to achieve it. And naturally that falls back on you that you can't achieve it. And the message is just interpreted completely backwards. So I like to tell that story because to people that think, you know, I'm not good enough or I won't be good enough, um, there's only one way to find out. And that's for you to put your head down and work hard enough at it and, and see for yourself. That's um, my favorite song is uh, That Silly Clown, that one you wrote about. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole first that... record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't want to become things, but yeah. I love it. I love it. I don't. We don't want to keep you too long. We're so happy that you, you've given us this this amount of time. Uh, awesome that you got to play Boots and Hearts again, a former showcase winner. Um, but as as a guy that goes back, so now do you get a rider? As in now, you know, Shania was the big headliner for the whole weekend, and I'm sure mm -hmm. she was like, "I want red M and M's and whatever she asked for." But as David Boy James, do you get to tell the organizers of Boots and Hearts like, "Listen, this is what I want backstage." Yeah, this is a this is a great question because it's 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 not going to be an answer that you're going to find entertaining. Um, I I I don't <laughs> care to have a rider. Um, I my my music director, my tour manager Ben Ben Miller. Um, he actually sat me down one day, um, and he's like, Dave, um, we need a rider. Like you 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 you're not asking for anything, and and we got to do something. And I said, well, I don't need anything, man. I just want a change room, so I can change. Yeah, maybe some waters, couple towels would be cool, and that's it. <laughs> and 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 he and he laughed at me and actually 
uh, and teases me to this day about it. And, and I try to explain to him, anything I need, I'll bring it myself. I don't yeah. need anybody to give me anything. And, and that's just how I was raised. And, you know, I, I, I have no expectations, um, you know, for any of that stuff. Um, but you start to learn as time goes on that there are certain things you do need to ask for because they do make your show and your overall stay at the grounds of where you are, um, you know, more accommodating and reasonable. And so now I'm very, very fortunate uh, to, you know, I get a trailer that's air conditioned. Um, all I ask for is, is a case of room temperature water because cold water is not good for the throat. Um, and then I, 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 I met an artist named Emily Reed, who is a phenomenal uh, Canadian artist living in LA. And she said to me, she's like, I know if you feel bad, if you feel bad asking for things, just ask for your band. You know, oh, I, do, nice. do it, do it, do it for the boys. And I thought I can get on board with that. Yeah. yeah um, cool. And, and so now, you know, n nothing crazy, just, you know, we get like, um, um, a case of beer, uh, maybe a, a bottle of red wine or Jack Daniels or something. And half the time we don't even touch it. So, um, you know, but n nothing crazy. Like I, I just, you know, I asked for some towels and stuff just to wipe our face when we get off the stage and that, but a nice little space that's air conditioned is always appreciated, but but yeah, not, not, nothing wild and crazy. Two cases of, of back country. <laughs> I don't even ask for that. I just bring it myself. Oh, but there you go. I, there you I go. should. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, we've kept you for a long time here. Uh, congrats on, on the success so far. J just on the beer side of things. This is awesome. This is definitely crushable. Yeah, thank Dynamite. You, thank you. Backcountry Lager, uh, davidboyjanes.com. You can go to Red Barn Brewing and find that. You can get that delivered all over the province uh, or get it right from the tap over at uh, over at Red Barn. Uh, that is awesome. But before that, F Sarah, goodbye, girl. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't, we hate her. We're we're on Team Dave. We're we're Team Dave. You know, yeah. what? I, you know what? I just want to say something really quick, and I appreciate that. But the the one thing that really helped me get over that and i think this is an important message for other people that are going through something similar is you can't fit a circle into a square and that's that's it you know sarah was yeah. a great girl she was a beautiful girl smart girl um she has since gotten engaged and and i and i think that's great and i and i wish her nothing but the best um and and i mean that i i sincerely mean that um but i i learned that you know um sometimes we give lifetime expectations to people that are only supposed to be there for a minute. And, and then we wonder why it never worked out. So if you're in a situation where you're not happy, whether it's your work or your personal life, um, it's important to realize that you have all the power to change that. It might be difficult. It might be, might be hard. It's not going to be easy. Um, you know, but you, you have the, you have the opportunity to change that. And, and I'm very grateful that she, she cut the chains and let me walk and, and, and do what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing. So, but I do appreciate that message to Sarah. So <laughs> that's awesome. Dave, we're having a drink next time you're down to red bar. Yeah, we'll get 100%. together. I, I would show. love that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know the date yet, but I was talking to Jenny last week and the plan right now, I believe is October for me to come back nice. to the red barn for an acoustic show. So now we're there. Um, so I, I hope you guys can be there and maybe we can 100%. even do like some, something live at the barn or something. That'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. We will. We'll that make sure great. that happens. That is awesome. Hey, this is a summer stubby. This is number two of the summer uh, episode 10 guys. Cheers. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thanks guys. Buddy.